What does innovation sound like? It sounds like the luxury of being in the moment with your customer, client, or patient. It sounds like having the right information right when you need it. It sounds like being at your best for your customers and your business. Thanks to Highland's intelligent content solutions that improve digital processes, innovators everywhere are able to do their thing better, whatever that thing is. Now, who doesn't like the sound of that? Highland, for innovators everywhere, visit highland.com. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. This is the Budget Minded Traveler Podcast, Episode 19. Welcome to the Budget Minded Traveler Podcast, your source for the tips and tactics that will inspire and equip you to travel the world. And the best part? It won't break your bank. And now, the Budget Minded Traveler herself and your host, Jackie LaLainen. Hello, everybody. Welcome to episode 19 of the Budget Minded Traveler Podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in today, wherever you are. So I wanted to tell you a little story to start this one off. Um, About a year ago, I was actually introduced through friends to a girl named Katie Wirt here in Bozeman who wanted to sit down with me to talk travel. And she and her boyfriend, Nick, were about to take off on a round-the-world trip for the next year. And she just had a ton of questions. She had never traveled before. And so we actually sat down for probably two and a half hours and just talked travel, which is something that I just absolutely love, as you guys know. Um, But the cool thing is that today's episode is actually about her trip. So Katie is going to come back on and now share with us. And I kind of, I just wanted to highlight that real quick because I think it's so cool that, you know, one year ago, just about a year ago, we were sitting down and I, and I was the expert telling her about all these things that, you know, she can do and, um, you know, basically just answering her questions. And now she's coming back as the expert to answer my questions for you guys. And I just think that's so awesome, you know, how much can change in a year and how much experience you can put yourself through in one year. So Katie and Nick went, like I said, they went on a round the world trip, but they actually spent seven months of their, of their trip in New Zealand and they got working holiday visas so that they could get jobs and actually, you know, work and make money, um, in New Zealand. And so that's what we're going to be talking about today. Katie's going to come on and share with us all about how we can, get these visas, who they're available for, you know, and and what it takes to kind of carry them out. So let's go ahead and get right into this interview. I hope you enjoy it. Okay, so here we go with Miss Katie Wirt, who just returned from a round the world trip, actually. And she is coming here today to talk about lots of things having to do with that. So how are you, Katie? Oh, I'm great. It's good to be back. Yeah. And so where are you exactly right now? 
Um, I am in Ennis, Montana at um, my boyfriend's parents' place. So I am outside. If it's a bit loud, I apologize. I do hear, is it the river that you're next to? or yeah, yeah, the Madison River. Okay, that's awesome, actually. So you guys, if you hear that in the background, that's just the river. Because, <laughs> um, yeah, I think that that might come through through the microphone, but that's totally fine. Um, so, Katie, why don't you um, tell us a little bit about yourself, just kind of um, who you are and, you know, what was what led up to this trip for you, um, you know, where you come from, et cetera. Right. Okay. Um, I am actually originally from Pennsylvania and I moved to Montana uh, a couple years ago for school and I was just sort of at a, at a crossroads in my life and I, I didn't really know what I wanted to do. I'd been in school for a while and that wasn't, um, turning out to be what I really wanted. And I had been contemplating this trip for quite a while and just didn't really press play on it because I thought I had to you know, finish school and do all that kind of thing. And then, um, it just got to the point where I was just over it and I needed a big shift in my life. And, um, yeah, traveling had just always been a big dream of mine and my boyfriend's as well. And we got to a point where it just seemed like the right, the right next step for both of us to sort of figure out what we wanted to do and just to do some exploring really before we, you know, got tied down with, with any debt or anything like that. So, um, Right. Yeah. So we decided to work for a year and save up our money, and um, yeah, and then then decided decided to go. So. Yeah. <laughs> no, I mean that's kind of how it happens. Was there actually like a moment where you were like, "I this needs to happen"? Like, uh-huh. did anything happen? Yeah. I it, um I had finished up a semester at school, and I was just like not happy with where my life was, and. I didn't really know what I wanted to do or what the next step was. And so I had just decided, you know, Nick and I looked at each other and we were like, well, what if we, hmm. what if we really did? What if I just, you know, stopped going to school for a little while? And you know, what, what if we just actually pressed play on this? What if we really just did it? And, um, yeah, and that, that was kind of it. We both looked at each other and we we're like, okay, so how, like, how do we, how do we get the money? How does this happen? Cause neither one of us had ever traveled before. So mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, I, it was just, we were both at our wits end, uh, you know, what the next step was. And we were just like, well, I mean, we really have nothing to lose. So I ended up not going back to school that next January and we both got jobs and, you know, worked our butts off and, and saved up money and started the planning process. So that took about, about a year until we, a little less than a year until we actually left. But, um, yeah, that was definitely the moment I was just sort of fed up, (laughs) Yeah. So did you say that you had graduated with your undergrad or? No, I didn't. You hadn't. So are you still not finished with that? No, I'm not. I go back to school at the end of August. Right? Okay. Yeah. So Awesome. So you actually took, you just kind of took a break from college and, and that's totally okay. So I did. <laughs> yeah, that's great. So yeah. let's go to the planning process then. Was there, like, what did you guys do? Show, tell me like maybe what that looked like for you to, to decide one day that you are going to make this happen and did you know that it was going to be about a year out at that point um yeah just because we both needed to save money to do it mm-hmm. so I knew that that was um that was kind of the the plan and actually Nick ended up getting a job in North Dakota on the on the oil rigs and I was mainly just because it was a quick way to make good money and that was um definitely a challenge for him but yeah, we, we started just looking into places of you know, where we wanted to go, and um, 
New Zealand was definitely big on my list because my best friend traveled there. She did the working holiday visas. Yeah. And I, I didn't even know that that existed. Like, I, I didn't even know that that was a thing until she had gone. I guess it was like two years prior. And she just had an amazing time and all of her stories. And I was really jealous and wanted to go. And so deciding that, um, we also also chose New Zealand because it was, you know, one of the places in the world that we could go and continue to work. So we didn't have to have, you know, so much money in the bank to get us through a year. We could actually go and, you know, continue to make money while we were there. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, that's just not really an option in, in many places. Right. So, so that was why New Zealand was definitely on, on top of my list and had decided to spend, you know, majority of the year there. Okay. Um, a, because it's beautiful and B, because we could still you know, continue to fill our pockets with some money. Um, so that was definitely a good option for us. Mm-hmm. And then she's living in Australia at the moment. So that was another reason we, we decided to stop there and see her for a while. And then, yeah, the rest just sort of unfolded as we were there. Okay. So it started with the decision and you kind of deciding that you knew this, this working holiday visa thing could work for you guys right. for New Zealand. Um, and so as the trip got closer, how did you decide to, I mean, where else were you guys going to go? Like, how did you decide to, to pack and what else happened with your preparation? Like, was that scary for you or were you just kind of like, let's just go? Like, what did you do with, I assume you had a place you were living and I mean, what, what were the logistics like before you left? Yeah. So, um, yeah, as it, as it got closer, it was definitely overwhelming and, um, yeah, just figuring out, you know, flights and what to do there and how to stay and how to live. It just, like, since we had never traveled before, it, it became pretty overwhelming because there just seemed like there was a lot of loose ends that I didn't really know how to go about filling in. Right. And, um, yeah, so, uh, well, meeting with you was definitely a big help. And your blog, I definitely, um, you know, checked in with from time to time on mm-hmm. different types of things. So thank you for that. And, of course. <laughs> um, and yeah, just, I mean, looking online and there's so much information out there to be found. And I guess like the, the biggest realization when I got there is everybody does it a little bit differently. Like there's, there's guide points and there's places to start, but it unfolds really naturally as you get there and mm-hmm. just start asking questions. I guess that was, that was definitely a big one. And um, yeah, it was incredible because the more you start talking about, you know, traveling and where you're going and that's like the next step, you just every like, seems like everyone just sort of starts to come out of the woodwork, you know, like, Oh, I've been there and I've been here. And Mm -hmm. you you get to, you get like, just by talking about it, you get a lot of information. Yeah. That is so true. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, yeah, as far as packing goes, we each had like a I think it was a 65 liter backpack. We just went to REI and, you know, got a backpack fitted and, and then, um, based on where we were going and what time of year, I mean, we always assumed that you could, if we forgot something, you can always buy it. Right. Of course. Cause you were going to be gone for a long enough time that the seasons are going to change. And I mean, that's a lot of pressure on packing. Yeah, it was. And it was, it was a bit overwhelming. So there was several days where I was just scouring the internet for, you know, tips on packing and, and, um, I mean, as a girl, it's definitely like dresses were great because they don't take up much space. And, you know, it's a simple, you can just throw it on like a sundress. And mm-hmm. we were headed to New Zealand during their summer months. So, you know, some shorts, a couple of t-shirts, um, you know, just the basic necessities. 
right kind of enough to get you going and then figure it out as you go yeah and then if you figure you need something else then you can always pick it up while you're there it's not um not so overwhelming but so I have to ask you um because the packing thing is kind of like that's kind of, I don't know, one of my areas that I just kind of have mastered recent, well, recently over right. 10 years, I guess I yeah. should say. But, um, one of the biggest issues for me is the backpack. Um, because I actually started with a 65 as well. It was expandable. Yeah. Like it was massive yeah. and it was too big for me cause I didn't go to REI and get it fitted and, you know, but yeah. I am curious, um, as to how the 65 worked out for you and actually like exactly what kind of backpack did you get? Um, it was an Osprey and I don't, I don't remember the exact brand name, mm-hmm. um, but it was, it was Osprey and it had like the, the trampoline back, which I thought was really nice. Right. That's the, um, <laughs> like the external frame so that it doesn't actually touch you. Right. Right. Yeah. So yeah. it's a little bit cooler. And so, um, yeah, I don't, don't know if I mentioned this already, but we went to Asia after, after New Zealand and, in New Zealand, the um, the 65 liter it was nice because there what we were there for seven months total. So um, I was there long enough that I needed you know sort of a, a kind of a lighter winter coat and you know a pair of boots and and that kind of thing. And um, we ended up buying a car there, so we kept it in the car most of the time. So the 65 liter I wasn't packing around all that much. Right. Um, so it was nice there, but I do. Um, if I, w- if I go back to Asia, which I, which I will, um, I would definitely take a much, much smaller bag because it's so hot and you don't really need much, like really just, you know, three shirts and a pair of shorts and a swimsuit and a sarong <laughs> yeah. can, can get you by. <laughs> right. Um, and, and you're packed into these like, you know, really tight quarters while traveling, you know, in buses or taxis or anything like that. So just have, being able to like put it on your front and carry it would right. be would be really nice. So I definitely became envious of the people that had, you know, just a small backpack and, and nothing to really worry about. But, um, as far as New Zealand goes, I thought it was a good size. Um, cause we were, we were camping a lot in New Zealand. So we took sleeping bag and, and a tent as well, but you don't need that in Asia. So a small pack is a lot easier to carry around. Right. So but you were doing, I mean, obviously it's difficult when you're, when you're packing for all these different situations like right. camping, camping. etc. Right. Um, but, but if you were to do it again, would you actually bring the same backpack? Do you think? Um, I might go a little bit smaller. Yeah. I, I don't think I, I needed as much as I had. And I found myself like getting rid of things as I got there just because it was taking up room. Okay. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I would go, I would go a little bit smaller for New Zealand and I would go a lot smaller for Asia. Okay. Right. Yeah. I think when Nate and I went to Asia for our honeymoon, I'm pretty yeah. sure we, we just brought little carry-ons. Like just, I remember cause he didn't have, he doesn't have like a, his backpack that he used was like this old school backpack, like literally yeah. kind of old school, <laughs> but <laughs> it was so, I was like, really Nate, but it was small. And he's like, yeah, I'm going to bring, you know, it's fine. And, and it totally worked. And I mean, mine's small enough to fit as a carry on. And so, and it was great. I mean, we packed like nothing to Asia. So, yeah. but I mean, obviously you spent seven months in New Zealand camping and so that, yeah, but it's interesting to hear that you think you could do it in a smaller pack. Cause I always think that people can do it in a smaller pack. So I just wanted to hear that from you and see if, you know, yeah, no, I definitely agree. I mean, looking at backpacks, I was like, oh, I don't know. I mean, that's pretty small for seven months. 
and then getting there, it's just like you, you really realize how much you can live off of, you know, how little you can live off. And, yeah. um, yeah, you don't need nearly as much as you're going to pack. I mean, I, I feel like every girl figures that out when they go on vacation anyways, always overpacking. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know. I mean, but it can be done. I mean, yes. that's why I say less is more. <laughs> yes, it really is. But and you're going to pick things up as you go too. I mean, there's always going to be, you know, things that you see or souvenirs or, I mean, it's nice to have a little bit of room for that. Um, definitely. Definitely less is more. Mm-hmm. I, I would agree with that. So, okay. Awesome. So let's move on to the whole New Zealand thing. Um, so you found out through your friend that this working holiday visa thing existed for New Zealand. And to my knowledge, you can do that until you're 30 years old, right? Yes. So what did you do for that? Like, how do you even begin to get that? Let's talk about that. Yeah. Um, it's actually very, very, very easy. So you get on, um, if you just Google, New Zealand working holiday visa, it'll take you to, I think it's like, um, the immigration website for New Zealand and it will take you to the site and it will tell you, um, depending on which country you're from, um, there's different regulations, but assuming that most of the listeners are from the States, um, it's a one year working holiday visa and you, um, have to be under 30. It's, it's free by the way. And you have to have, um, like the, the criteria, it says that you have to have at least 4,000 New Zealand dollars in the, in your bank account, um, just to make sure that you have enough money to sustain your trip, um, and get a ticket out. So if you book a one way and don't have a ticket out, then they, they might, um, they might check that, but they didn't for us. I mean, you go on, you make an account and then you have, um, I think it's like maybe four pages of paperwork and telling like your name, your address, um, who you are kind of like the work experience that you have at home. Um, and then basically whether you're a felon or not, and that's (laughs) really it. (laughs) So they got you on that one, huh? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I was held up at the border. (laughs) Um, but yeah, so that was, that was really it. And in 48 hours we had been approved. Oh, wow. Yeah, they just send it over an email, and then you have an online visa. Like, you don't even have to wait for anything in the mail. So you just print that out and, and take it with you, and that's that's all. And they, they sometimes, I've, I guess I've heard of them checking in with whether you have the money in your bank account or whether you have a, a flight out or um, whether you have health insurance. I think that was another one of the stipulations. But they didn't ask anything of us. They, like, didn't look into it at all. Just in, in 48 hours, we had been approved. Um, wow. Yeah. Well, so that's one way to know that, yes, this is what you're supposed to do. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Two days later, you have approval. Like, sweet, <laughs> let's do this. Okay. Um, yeah. So, yeah, it, it was very, very easy to get. And I think, like, um, in the States, I, just because it's not as popular to go travel, and I don't think that there's many of us that are headed to New Zealand to do this working holiday visa, um, that there is an unlimited amount of, of space for people to to be approved. Whereas in other countries, you know, they only have well, like a hundred spots or something like that. So hmm. it definitely, we're, we're lucky in that regard that it's, it's very simple. Okay. So that's really interesting that the U S has, I never knew that other countries were limited to that actually. And that is such a great opportunity for Americans to do that. I mean, it sounds like it's really easy to get. Did you have your, um, ticket to New Zealand by the time you did this? 
or you went to Australia first, actually. So what did you, how did that work? How was the timing with that? Did you get the visa before you had your ticket? Yes, we did. We, um, cause I, it doesn't, it doesn't say right at first that it will just come over, um, over an email. So I like you at least need to do it probably two weeks before you leave, but earlier, the better just to make sure everything goes through. But Mm -hmm. the thing is, is you don't want to get it too early because it will start that day. So the day that you're approved is when your visa starts. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So you need to like be fairly close to the date. Um, that's interesting. But we did it. We did it like two, no, probably three weeks before we left for Australia. Um, and then we were in Australia for about three weeks and then we got to New Zealand, um, toward the end of October. So I have a question about that. Were you kind of counting on this to work and go through? Because if you have a round the world, you had a round the world ticket, right? Yes. Yeah. So you had to have gotten that. Wait a sec. Did you, I'm now I'm like confusing my timeline. When did you get your ticket then? We got the ticket in July actually. So we, what are the months here? Like we haven't talked so about July, months yet. So July, um, July, we got the ticket set or er, beginning of October. We left for Australia and then, then we left, I think it was October 25th to go to New Zealand. So yeah, we were definitely banking on this, on this going through. But okay. Cause you already had like seven months planned in New Zealand Yes. on your plane ticket. Okay. Um, that's um, so- good to know. Yeah, so it does sound like a little freaky, but um, all of the research that I had done and all of the people that I had talked to, I had actually met um, several people that had done the same thing. And um, I mean, it was a little bit nerve wracking, but I would say it, like, don't let it be because it doesn't have to be because it is very simple. I mean, it, it goes really, really quickly and you can check, um, you can check online first it will say whether there's um they call them like working holiday schemes and it will say whether there are any available and um that's what i did i just checked online and it said yes available and um you just shouldn't have any issues okay awesome it's it's very reliable i'm taking notes (laughs) (laughs) so um now that you have the visa you've spent three weeks in australia you get to new zealand what happens next so we got there and, um, yeah, we weren't really sure what the next step was, but we knew about, um, help exchange. So we had signed up for that before we left and made a profile. And, um, while we were in Australia, we got, um, matched up with a, a family that was an hour outside of Auckland, which is where we flew into. And, um, they had offered to come pick us up at the airport and we did that and we figured, you know, that's, that's good. We're an hour from Auckland, so we can, um, get settled and find a car and just sort of figure out our next plan. So we were doing help X there for two weeks um, before we found our car. And then um, we had kind of bounced from help X to help X. Okay. And real quick, um, help X, because for my listeners, I know we've talked or I've talked, I guess, about work away and help X is very similar to work away for everybody listening. It's just, just essentially a different program. Right. But it works the same. So actually that brings up a point or a question too, is that the New Zealand working visa. So when you arrive in New Zealand without one, like as a tourist, do you get three months or what is it that they normally allow you? Um, yeah, I know, I know you can do three months. I don't, I think it's just a free visa as well. Okay. Right. Just a holiday. Okay. 
And so then the working holiday visa essentially just extends that for a year, right? Because HelpX is available to anyone. You don't have to have the working holiday visa to do that. Right. But essentially that allows you to just stay longer, right? Yeah, it allows you to stay longer. And if you need, um, you can get a job too. So, Like a real one? <laughs> like a real one, yes. yeah. <laughs> okay, because yeah, with HelpX, you don't make any money. It's just like a volunteer exchange thing. So, Right, yeah. Okay. And so essentially the working holiday, will it just extends it for a year. Um, and if you, if you need to get a job or want to get a job, then that it allows you to do that as well. Okay, awesome. Thanks yeah. for clearing that up. Yeah. So you bought a car. Yes, we did. <laughs> Tell yeah. us about that. Um, yeah, so like... Um, it's very, it's very easy there. They cut, they have like the equivalent to our Craigslist. It's called trade me or Gumtree is another one, but trade me is definitely the most popular. Um, and then there's other websites like backpacker board, um, which has, uh, essentially just a lot of information about jobs or cars or apartments or places to stay. So that's a, that's a really good resource that we use there. That's awesome. I'm going to put these things all on the show notes page just for everybody yeah. listening. It's going to be a yeah. good resource. <laughs> yeah. So um, Backpacker Board was really good. And then their equivalent to Craigslist, which is trademe.co.nz. Um, and that um, that was a good starting place to look for cars. And there are a lot of them. And um, we actually ended up getting getting fairly lucky with it. We had been staying at a, our first help exchange in Warkworth, which is an hour north of Auckland, and met a girl from Germany who was also staying there. And she had bought a car, um, and we had asked her for um, a lift into Auckland to go look at some cars. And she got very unlucky. So, uh, like for the listeners, I would say definitely make sure that you take the car to a mechanic and make sure everything is is solid before you spend the money on it because they're they're mm. definitely some lemons out there and she got very unfortunate and um had bought a car on sunday and then had only driven it for maybe two hours before it just the engine just shot and we were halfway to auckland and we got transported to a mechanic and um we had been talking to him and just saying oh yeah well, you know it's a friend of ours we were headed into auckland to look at cars and he happened to have this Mazda 1995 that he had been using as like a, a rental car. Mm-hmm. And he asked if, if, you know, we wanted to look at it and he offered $2,000 for it. And the car, we test drove it and everything had been solid and he had like 10 year history on it. So we, that was definitely not the norm of how you find a car, but it fell into our laps and um, we spent $2,000 on it. And it was a Mazda station wagon because we wanted something that, you know, if need be, we could sleep in the back of because right. that's also very popular in New Zealand. Um, so we did that. And then toward the end of our trip, we were then in the South Island in Christchurch and we put it up on Trade Me. And within two weeks, we had sold it and we actually made $500 on it. So we sold it for 2500 Nice. Yeah. So <laughs> we definitely lucked out in that. Um, and it's not unheard of for that to happen, but, um, I mean, be prepared to lose a little bit of money. Mm-hmm. You know, if the car, you know, dies on you, then be prepared to lose that amount of money. But yeah, but you can definitely find reliable cheap cars. So, and that's like the norm, right? I mean, I always hear about people like, I don't know if I hear about people not buying cars in New Zealand, cause that's what everyone seems to do. So it, yeah. it has to be an easy thing to accomplish. Yeah. It's, it's, um, yeah, it's pretty much a no brainer. Just look on Craigslist and they have so many, um, 
just imported cars that are that are older and they're cheap and um, and and like I said, make sure that you get it checked out or if you mm-hmm. know something about cars to look into that because that that does happen to to people. You know, they spend spend money on a car or a van is really popular as well. Yeah, and then it it dies on them and they they just have to eat that money. Um, mm-hmm. But if you're if you're smart about it, it definitely is easy and. As far as public transportation goes in New Zealand, it's not exactly the best, and it's very expensive. So, um, oh. if you want to see the country, then buying a car is is definitely easier. Not saying that it's not doable, but um, yeah, I would say buying the cars will definitely make your life a little bit bit better. Okay, and what do you think is like the average budget that people should prepare for to bring over to New Zealand in order to buy that car? Um, like is 2000 about a normal price, 2,500. Yeah. Yeah. And then, and that's for like a, like a car. Um, you can, you can do it for a little bit less. You can do it for a little bit more just on what you end up looking at. Um, and then as far as a van goes, um, definitely more like 35 to 5,000 is, is a good price for that. And that, the 3500 will be definitely kind of a piece of junk. So the vans definitely budget a little bit more money. And um, a lot of people, I mean, some of these vans are amazing. They've made beds and they have like storage in the back. And some of them are pre-prepared like that. And other people put the work into it. So it really just depends on what you're looking for or what your comfort level would be. Um, okay. So, yeah, we, awesome. we just spent $2,000. That was just more along our budget. So Yeah. Okay. So yeah. moving on then, what kind of... Did you end up finding actual jobs or, I mean, I assume you didn't do help X for seven months. So what else did you, what else did you do for work while you were there? Um, so we, uh, we ended up doing like some temporary, um, like factory work really. So we worked at, um, some distribution centers and we had looked at, had we timed it a little bit better, um, we could have done some seasonal work, but our um, our moms were coming to visit, and that just didn't coincide with when that was starting. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, but there are so many opportunities for seasonal work, and um, I mean, you, a lot of people got jobs as bartenders or waitress or um, on a you know a dairy farm or. Um, but the seasonal work is definitely a big one because they have so much fruit. So that you can do like kiwi picking or apple picking or, you know, peach picking, or you can either be like put to work in the pack house or put to work out in the orchard. And, um, some places it's, uh, it's an hourly wage. And then other times it's, um, based on how, how much fruit you get. So mm-hmm. I know a lot of people have done that. And then they do have like most often a backpacker is associated or hostel is associated with that orchard. So you can stay there for you know, fairly cheap or a lot of people just camp or stay in their car and mm-hmm. work, work on the vineyard. Um, so yeah, it just depends on what kind of work you're looking for, but it's very accessible to get a job. Okay. And did you find your job? Like, would you find those jobs on the backpacker board? Yeah, there's uh, a lot of notices for that. Um, and then there's, uh, there's different places like for the seasonal work, they have websites and you can just get in contact with someone there and, they'll let you know, uh, when the work is starting or, um, or yeah, just really when, when to start and when to go. Um, okay. And when this, and it's a little unreliable of like when it will start just because it's based on nature and right. The seasons, ready mm-hmm. to go. but almost everywhere, like during the year, there'll be some seasonal work or some work on a ranch or 
yeah, they have notices on Backpacker Board. That was where I looked a lot. And Trade Me also has a lot of jobs, too. Okay. So that's that's a place to at least begin the search. And how much... So did you guys break even while you were there? Or did you actually make money? Or did you lose? Like, what did that look like? Um, I, I guess we almost broke even. And that... So it's not like you're making a ton of money. (laughs) No. I mean, we, like, minimum wage there is uh, $14.50, $14.50 New Zealand. So, um, but the cost of living is very high. So I will say, be prepared that it is going to be much more expensive than here. Um, Okay. And and just, like, little things add up. It's it's very expensive. It's a great place to be. The people are amazing. Um, it was a, an amazing experience. But you're not really going to be going and saving money or making money. Right. Like, you're going to be spending a lot of it. And things are expensive. Food's expensive. Alcohol's very expensive. So um, definitely budget for that. We weren't so prepared for that. But we, um, well, we made it work. We ended up by getting a job and and making even and then being able to go on to our next leg of our, our journey with enough money to, to get by. So, okay. uh, and we didn't work the whole time. We could have easily gotten a job earlier and maybe, you know, been a little bit better off, but, um, yeah, we, we just decided to have fun and wait to the last minute, but right. Which I imagine is also probably normal. I mean, you're in New Zealand, obviously you want to see the country and not just be in a factory. Right. Um, yeah. And you guys, so you got the same job, right? Yes. So for us, that was we, we were a bit limited on like either getting the seasonal work on the same orchard or getting a um, a job at the same place because we only had one car. So right, okay. in order to get get to work and get back and do all of that, we had to have the same schedule. So um, just between his work experience and my work experience is very different. So this is one thing that we could could have done together. Right. So you ended up in a factory. Right. <laughs> yeah. It was not, not the best job in the world, but it got us by. And we right. Amazing people. So that's awesome. Experience. And so it might be easier, like as a solo traveler to kind of find yeah. a job that's pretty cool or something. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, and then, um, this is kind of going back a little bit, but since we were just talking about breaking even or whatever, it made me <laughs> wonder, what did you go over there with? Like how much money did you save before you went yeah. and, and did it last you the whole trip is kind of an over encompassing question, but yeah, uh, I think we left with uh, about $10,000 between okay. the two. So like 5,000 each. And I had talked to my friend and that was what she, she went with. Okay. Um, so yeah, it lasted us um, a decent while and then we need to get a job. Be like stat. <laughs> so. so did you actually like run out of money before you started the work in New Zealand or? Um, it would not like run out, but we were definitely getting low. So, um, and then we, we could make money pretty quickly. So that is the one thing that once you get a job, the, um, depending on what your living situation is and how much you're spending on that, um, you, you can make money pretty quickly. Like you can save money. Like probably in about, I think we worked maybe three months, three and a half months mm-hmm. out, of, out of the seven that we were there. And then we left there with, I think we had made like $8,000 before we went to Asia. So, Oh yeah. So, so we you kind of used your savings and traveled around first yeah. and then you got a job and actually saved up and took that to go to Asia. Yeah. That's uh-huh. what okay. Yeah. That sounds like a good plan. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, and then, so you said, depending on your living situation, where, what was your living situation? <laughs> Did you find an apartment from the backpacker board or? No, we didn't. Even though that, that is definitely an, an option. A lot of people are just running out rooms. Um, we didn't because we, we did some help acts at first for like the, the good, um, yeah, first couple of months of our trip, we would just go to help X and we, we stayed at a yoga center for seven weeks mm-hmm. and that like, so if you find a match that fits you, you can end up staying there for, for a while if, if you want to. Right. Um, and then we did a couple of others that we stayed for, you know, a week here, a couple of days here. And then in between that, we would just go camp. So we lived out of our car and we would tent and, um, and that was, I mean, that's really what New Zealand has to offer. It's, it's outdoors. It's, there's activities, there's hiking, um, and we, we camped most of the time that we weren't staying at a Halifax for the first good part of our trip. Mm-hmm. And then um, we were also, when we first got our, our job, we were staying at a free campsite that was just down the road. And then there was a, a shower at work and we were using that. So we were kind of just bumming it for a while. Yeah, kind of roughing it. Yeah, yeah. But that's probably why you were able to save the money and then yeah. continue the rest of your trip, which is a good yeah. thing. So, yeah. so yeah. we were doing that, which is amazing. And then... Um, Again, we just met some really incredible people. There was a, a man that we worked with, um, and he had offered for us to come over and, and have a, a barbecue at his place. And we just ended up hitting it off, and they had offered for us to stay in their in their extra bedroom. So we lived there for, I think, two months while we were working. So oh, we, wow. we, again, got you know pretty lucky and just made connections and met mm-hmm. people. And yeah, it, was, right. it was a good lesson that there's always a way to make it work, right? I mean, right. Even and low on money, there's always there's always a way. Right. And I mean, like this happened to you, but it could happen to anybody. I mean, th- these sort of things do happen exactly. as you make these connections when you're traveling. So, right. I mean, like for the listeners, it'll happen to you, too, in, in one way or another. You know, cause yeah. that's just kind of how it works when you're on the road. And, yeah, exactly. And yeah. travelers unite, you know. So. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. So. Um, so then after New Zealand, what, what all countries did you end up hitting on this whole trip? And, and how long was the whole trip? Uh, the whole trip was uh, just over 10 months. So okay. we left in October, got back in July. Um, yeah, so we, we did three weeks in Australia. And then we did seven months in New Zealand. And then like two and a half, almost three months in Asia. So we did Thailand, Laos, Vietnam, and Cambodia after we left. So, wow. And what, um, how was that experience? Oh, it was, it was amazing. I, I can't, I can't speak highly enough of, of the experiences that we had and just, yeah, it was, it was phenomenal. Just the people we got to meet and the things we got to learn and the things we got to do, it's just so outside of our norm and our comfort zone. Right. And, it was it was incredible. So, so were you ready to come home? Um, I guess in Asia we were we were like wanted to see so much, and even though you know two and a half months sounds like a long time, it's really not. Um, so we were bouncing place to place every couple of days, and and that was amazing. But it definitely got got old toward the end. Um, so I don't know if I was ready to come home. I was definitely ready to come see friends and family. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, maybe have a house for a little while, but it's 
kind of, I've been home for almost three weeks and I'm like, Oh, okay. So where do we go now? Right. I was going to ask you, are you planning your next trip already? Yes. I think we were planning our next trip while the, before that one was even over. That's exactly how it happens. Where do you guys want to go on your next trip? Um, I would love, uh, South America. So we Mm. met a girl from Chile and we traveled with her for a while Mm -hmm. and it just sounds amazing. So that is definitely on top of my list. Nice. Good for you. That's so awesome. So I just have to ask you, you've, this is your first trip abroad. I mean, you've never traveled before you did it, you figured it out. And now that it's all done and you can kind of look back on it, how do you think that this trip has changed your life? Oh my gosh. And in so many ways, I mean, I, I think like, I think I'm just more, more confident in myself and just, you know, what I'm able to create in my life. Mm -hmm. Um, and and putting myself really outside of my comfort zone. It just, it, you learn a lot about yourself and just how you show up in certain situations or um, how you connect, connect with people and make friends and, um, yeah, and just really what you want to create in the world when you get back. I mean, mm-hmm. it's just, you see so much of it that you're just like, oh, okay, you know, that's kind of an issue. Maybe I want to start doing something with that. And and that for me was was really big because I was at a crossroads of you know career choice what I what I wanted to do so mm-hmm. I took some time off school and yeah I mean it's just it's such a learning opportunity that you'll you won't get in the classroom no so kidding I guess, I guess that was probably one of my biggest takeaways is just like you learn a lot about yourself about the world about money about I mean just you name it you will yeah. have huge lessons on that. Yeah. Relationships, resources, logistics, everything. Everything. Yeah. The the list goes on. Right. That's so awesome. Yeah. So in closing, what advice would you give to other people considering going abroad for the first time? Um, I guess my biggest thing is just go. (laughs) Just just do it. If you have a dream to do it, there's where there's a will, there's a way. There's Mm -hmm. always... Um, there's always resources at your fingertips to make it a possibility. No matter what your situation is, there's always a way. Um, and you won't regret it. There's, they won't regret it. So just go, just pack your bag and get on a plane and things will work its way out. I mean, I got, um, a little overwhelmed with the planning and I think that that's fairly normal. Um, Mm -hmm. but it's amazing how like you can plan the entire seven months and you might do two things out of that entire (laughs) plan. I mean, it will, it will shift. So don't worry so much if you don't have this detailed map of where you want to go and where you want to stay and where you're going to spend your money. Um, you know, things just unfold depending on who you meet and where you are. And um, yeah, just ask when you get there. If, if it will work out. That's so great. I love that. Thank you so much for sharing. This has been super enlightening about New Zealand, especially, but just being able to 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 sense, you know, that personal transformation that you've obviously been through is just so cool. Yeah, it was, it was amazing. So thank you for having me on. I I hope this helps some people. Oh, I'm sure it will. I'm sure it will. It's very, very inspiring to hear this from, you know, first time travelers. So great. Well, thank you, Katie. And, um, yeah, I guess we'll, well, I'll probably have to have you on in the future. You know, we'll talk about your South America, South America trip next time. Okay. Yeah. All right. Thanks. All right. I hope you guys enjoyed that interview with Katie Wirt. 
Um, just to reiterate a couple of the things that she just said. I mean, I don't know. You've probably noticed that, you know, a lot of these people um, on, who come on and, and do these interviews, there's there's a common thread in their advice. And it's this two words, just go, you know, and I mean, I think that that's you hear it again and again, but it's it's so simple and so straightforward and so true. You know, you just have to make it happen. And and like Katie said, things will unfold and there's always a way. And so just trust that you are going to be resourceful as you need to be. And, you know, you're going to find a way to get there um, and that everything's going to work out. So. Um, so for any of you looking for the show notes, they are online. Um, you can find them at thebudgetmindedtraveler.com slash 19. I'll have all the resources that we mentioned there. There's several links to those different job boards in New Zealand, etc., for getting your New Zealand working holiday visa together. So, and as always, there's a comment section there if you have questions or want to continue the conversation. So I hope you guys have enjoyed this interview with Katie and learned a lot. And I hope that you guys are putting New Zealand on your bucket lists, perhaps with a working holiday visa included. And I will be back next week. In the meantime, if you guys haven't left um, a review for this podcast yet, I would love, love, love if you would please take a minute to do that for me. You can do it straight from your iTunes app, whether you're on your phone or on your computer, just go into iTunes and you can leave me a review there. I would very, very much appreciate it if you would do that. And if you don't know how to do that, you can just go to um, thebudgetmindedtraveler.com slash podcast and there are, there are instructions there for you. So thank you in advance for your reviews. They mean so much to me and I will see you guys in a week. Thanks so much. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.